0: Welcome to the Road Racers Podcast at www.roadracerspodcast.com. Now, get ready for the drop of the green flag.
1: Welcome to the Road Racers Podcast. This is Derek Ross, your host of Road Racers Podcast. That's cars racing on road courses, left turns, right turns, up through the gears, down through the gears, on the brakes, on the gas, sliding around, having a good time, rain or shine. Hey, and if you're not a big road racing fan, maybe just hang out for a bit, see how you like it. Strap into your seats. Let's go to the track. Let's talk to some people. Have some fun when it comes to the world of road racing.
2: Sitting here with Dominic Cicero.
3: Third. Second. Oh, second. Ah, oh, damn. I always get that wrong. <laughs> no worries. Yeah, I'm second. I'm actually a junior, but my dad didn't want me to be a junior. So. Okay. Cool. So when were you born? Favorite No, so don't tell me. Come no, on. Oh, <laughs> well, I gotta do the age thing. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, let's not go there on the age thing.
2: <laughs> so we're sitting here with Dominic, since so we're having a good time. We've been uh, talking about getting together forever, and I know you got a chance a little bit earlier to tell me a little bit about, uh, about your racing story. And uh, let's uh, the, the part I wanted to get to right away, and people don't know this probably about you, but I know
3: you had uh, quite a,
2: a good run going, and then you had kind of a, a little surprise happen.
3: Yeah, um, really had a really great kind of opportunity. A lot of kind of struggles going on in my life, but a lot of cool things going on in racing at the time. I went to Winfield, and I'd won that. So um, it was the Pilate Elf, so you went over to Europe and raced over there. And that's a huge competition. Yeah, that was uh, that still opens a lot of doors for me. That's a really cool opportunity I got to do, and just the lineage, the people I was surrounded by there. Just uh, Henri Piscarola, Bordet, uh, Frank Montagny, uh, all these people that went on to, you know, bigger things. And uh, that was kind of the path that I was on. And uh, my dad got sick, so I came home early from that. And then, um, yeah, I just kind of gave up on racing, actually, at the time. And then it pulled me back in. It keeps on pulling me back in <laughs> all the time. And uh, so uh, I started testing go-karts again and driving. And um, Winfield got me a test with Foresight. Um, I did a test with them and Primus. And I was really quick, and they were super pumped. That was uh, July 4th, I want to say, in 2001. And then my... Uh, Good celebration day. Exactly. <laughs> flew back, had a great time windsurfing. The next weekend was a go-kart race, a pro go-kart race that my manager that I'd met. Um, he gave me his go-kart for, just for fun. And I got a, in a really bad go-karting accident. Um, so kind of two... Great opportunities, and they kind of both got taken away a bit. And um, I was in a coma for a month with that. And uh, now that
2: was at Portland, where the go kart event was
3: at. Yeah, just outside Portland in right. Canby, and kind of lucky it was there because they—it's a pretty cool research hospital, OHSU, right. it's called—that um, did some pretty cool stuff there. I'm uh, kind of a science project at OHSU right now because um, I collapsed both my lungs and all kinds of internal things. And, so and a month in a coma. Yeah, a medically induced coma. Right. So it didn't actually crack my head or anything. But, yeah, it was mostly just from the accident um, to try to stabilize me. And uh, so, yeah, that was that. Wow. Kind of given up on racing again. Sure. And uh, my manager's like, wait a second, let's, we can get some people to really support you, you know, even more now. Because you, you were here, all the people you're racing with are still really high level. They're going on to, like, Formula 3 now, Formula 1 testing and stuff like that. And... Uh, Try to get you some money, so he arranged a test day at the track. Him and I, and I coached for free with all these guys with their sports cars. Great, and then two of them ended up sending me to England um, to do the Winter Series for Formula Renault. Fantastic, and then we uh, did a go-karting thing with them in the States, which was kind of just a warm up, and then a full season of Formula Renault in the States, and then that went pretty good. We won, I think, two or three races. Kind of a good jump back into the the whole scheme of things, which was pretty hard to kind of... Sure. You know, after the accident and...
2: Pause a lot. Stop, play, rewind, let's go.
3: Exactly. And then it's definitely when you're racing the car again, wondering, you know, well, if I hit this wall, is my lungs going to get screwed up or... See, so I can really had to get over that um, for the first few races. And then that year went well. And uh, my sponsors didn't want to really go on, though, because of personal things and financial So... I just uh, went to Switzerland. I had a lot of contacts from Credit Suisse through that sponsor. Mm-hmm. And all my contacts before were in Europe. So I went to the autosport show, met with a lot of people I knew there, and I went to Switzerland, met with uh, Credit Suisse and some managers in Monaco and different things. And I started racing uh, Renault V6, kind of with some support of my old sponsors. Credit right. Suisse kind of called them and up. When
2: was that with a Renault V6,
3: roughly? That would have been, I want to say, 05. Okay. before something like that. right? Um, and that was when uh, the Euro, whatever, Renault V6 championship was pretty much, there was three rungs just below Formula One. right? So there was Nissan World Challenge, Renault V6, and uh, F3000. Basically all the same cars, big slicks, carbon fiber, paddle shift, um, 500 horse, something like that, 475. Um, and then support races for Formula One and World Speed, or World GT, and stuff like that. So another real good, you know, training ground. I learned a lot there, and aero, right. and setup, and it's just kind of, that's what all of my things, all these pieces have finally kind of starting to come together with development, and fitness, and training, and when I was with V6, we had all the trainers for Salber, and we were a junior team for Salber. So um, we met with them a lot, and traded information um, with bump stops, and just whatever different things with our cars, because they're pretty similar, and, uh, yeah, just kind of been learning, you know, as I go. And then I did a half season there. Again, my sponsors were kind of, it's hard to send somebody over to Europe and live, and they can't watch, you know, it's like owning a, you know, a watch or owning a, a piece of artwork and you never get to never see, see it, it, actually, you know. <laughs> sure. So they were kind of bummed out about it. So they we came home, I developed, uh, they owned West Race Cars, too, so I developed one of their cars when I came home, a DSR for them. And then we started racing DP cars. And then financial things again. It's kind of up and down with this, with sure. my sponsor I had. So, DP as in Daytona prototypes. Exactly. Yeah. Sorry. Yeah. Right.
2: Road race, right. And then
3: I've been in Rolex ever since. Um, I really, it's probably the most fun I've had racing all over the world. Um, and a lot of the people I raced with over in Europe are over racing Grand Am now. Yeah, you know? they followed you. you exactly. <laughs> yeah. So it's been pretty cool. I, uh Kind of had some up and downs there, too, which is, you know, seems like racing. Sure. At the end of the day, is uh, you're always kind of counting your blessings when you're racing, and right. then you're waiting for the next year, kind of fingers crossed, hoping you get some sponsorship. Or
2: Sure. And you were involved with uh, quite a famous uh, fellow in uh, coaching, were you not, with the Daytona prototype program?
3: Exactly, yeah. He, he rented a, his name's Chad McQueen, That's Steve McQueen's son. He and I kind of really hit it off. We met at kind of a dinner, I think for the runoffs at the SCCA. He was renting a car from us, but we never really chit-chatted that much, and we ended up talking a lot. And uh, he liked that I, we lived in Le Mans with Le Fillier and Winfield. That's where he kind of spent a whole summer and a whole year of his life. So he really, wow. him and I really had that connection with France and prototypes and different things. So the car was all golf-schemed, and um, I did a lot of coaching with him.
2: He's a great guy. Um, you know, it was classic colors. I, mean, I remember seeing that car. It looked great, especially it, with the Homestead, Crawford. Working was, with them, it was beautiful.
3: It was such a sweet car. I wish we could have tested more. It was kind of a, a last-minute effort, really, at the end of the day. We missed Daytona, and then we started at Miami, which is the second race. And then uh, kind of hoped that Chad um, would get more press, but he was kind of... DP really wasn't that big of a thing back then. It at was, that point, yeah. Yeah, it was a few years ago. So we um, really struggled to get money, and the sponsors put up a lot of money up front. And then we never really raised that much money after the fact. So um, they had to pull out because of financial things again. Sure. Um, actual personal things, actually, for this. Um, so our sponsor was a fitness company. And uh, Microsoft and the guy who actually co-wrote Pulp Fiction were suing each other over this video game. And we were in the middle. So sixty grand to um, fight the legal fees or sixty grand to race to race this DP car. So <laughs> the sponsors were like, yeah, we better do this. So. Right. It's uh, that kind of fell through a bit, and
2: and I haven't uh, kept up with Chad, but I know he was in a really bad crash as well, um, a little later. Mm-hmm. And, and what what was his current status after that? I mean, it was a did he recover pretty well? And I don't I don't remember reading any further on that.
3: Um, kind of keeping it on the lowdown. He's uh, he's getting better. He yeah. really same as he's he did before. I mean, he he lives in Palm Springs and he has a house in Malibu, so he's just kind of chills out, works on kind of executive producer stuff, but really works out all the time. I mean, he read Spike miles and miles and miles. But, um, yeah, he broke his neck, actually, in a test at Daytona, uh, which was really scary to me because it was next year after we raced together. Right. He signed with Tafel, which right. is a Porsche team, mm-hmm. a Ferrari team now in LMS. But, um, yeah, we just said hi to each other. Um, he walked to his, his car. I was testing a, a Corvette for the GT class, so we were competitors against each other. And I uh, just saw him. I was like, hey, man, I'll talk to you after the session. Wow. And then he uh, got loose coming out of the bus stop and just went straight in. And kind of a, an odd thing. I've never seen it before. How um, anybody get that hurt? So he was in the hospital in Daytona for, God, like two or three months. His whole family kind of moved out there. And, right. Uh, Scary deal. Yeah. So he's got pins in his, you know, neck and legs. And, I mean, he already had a lot of that stuff because he's... He's totally adrenaline freak from motocross to his whole life. You know, he's, right. he's, he's got a lot of great stories. That's awesome. He's lived many lifetimes already. <laughs> and, uh, but he's, now he's kind of a robotic man. You know, he's got all kinds of stuff and his. But he, he still tests his car, his SECA car. Um, he has a S2 car, I think, or something like that. And uh, he wants to get back in, but maybe more as a team owner or, um, you know, help out the team in some way with press or marketing or something.
2: Well, you bo- you guys both know how quick things can change. Like you say, you're in the car, it's all good, and then next week, you just, you know, either, either personally, race car-wise, injury, otherwise, everything can just change in a heartbeat.
3: Exactly. And that's, I mean, yeah, especially that day my accident happened, I didn't plan that. I didn't wake up that day and go, hey, I better say this to these people or, <laughs> right. you know, say I'm sorry to this person or whatever because, you know, really don't know, you know. So, so him and I are really close. So should we talk probably once a month or, um... Maybe more than that, actually. Then in the summer, he's always in Hawaii or vacationing somewhere, so we don't talk that often. So it's maybe more in the winter. But uh, he, uh, yeah, he's a good guy. Really cool. Now, taught me um, a lot. Um,
2: some, thanks for sharing that. Someone had uh, mentioned to me just recently when you had your accident that something along the lines that you were following Survivor on TV. When, uh,
3: oh. <laughs> how'd yeah. that go again? Well, yeah, it was like the first year of Survivor, I think, or something like that. It was just a big deal on TV. And uh, it started at the beginning of the summer, and then I woke up, you know, month and a half later, whatever month, and survivors over, and the whole summer was over. You know, it was in Portland, we don't have a long summer, right? Pretty much at all. So it was just this weird kind of odd year that I, I kind of missed out on the a really great time in Portland when I when I'm usually outside and enjoying myself, and it just kind of it's like you took a nap, like you went to sleep at the track. I remember smelling like jet fuel from the helicopter and then I woke up you know Wow with some crazy dreams because they were keeping me in a coma you know
2: I can't imagine what that would be like for <laughs> anybody I, mean, I don't know how you can imagine that other than doing it I mean.
3: Yeah it's it's hard to even explain because it's really it's really just like taking a nap I just it was harder for all my family and friends and they were they'd camped out there for that whole month and a half because for a long time for the first two weeks it was kind of touch and go like we don't know if this will work or, you know, if this is working or, okay, he hasn't breathed in three days. So wow. we don't know if his, you know, brain's okay or what's going on. So it uh, it was easy for me, really, the sure. first, at least the first month or two months. <laughs> and then it was hard after that, the rehab and everything, because I really had to learn. I couldn't walk from, you know, three feet wow. from one chair to the next because I was on 100% oxygen and all these things. So it really... It kind of tied in, I, I really, from my whole lifetime, I'm not that old, but feels like I lived a lifetime already, kind of like Chad, but uh, it seems like things happen for a reason in my life, you know, and they get me ready for things that I'm coming up on. Right. And uh, my accident really taught me, because my father passed away just as I got better from accident, hmm. he passed away. Wow. So it was, uh, for one, him and I were in the house together, because he was sick and I was sick, and we really bonded, we were like best friends, really, at the end of the day. And, uh, but I saw how, you know, life was, you know, it was okay that he was going to pass away and right. he was cool with it, you know, that he was yeah. sick and we just enjoyed our time and we were happy that we were, you know, could get it because we saw how fragile everything was. Kind of got that balance point. Yeah. 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 And uh-huh. I think, I mean, I lose track of it sometimes too with life. Sure. As you get running and doing all these things, but it really, uh, I don't know, it taught me a lot. I would do it again. Even all the things I had going for me before. Um, the things I learned from it were, you know, for my life, you know, not just for my career.
2: That's an amazing comeback story. Now, uh, last time at the track, ran into you. We were at uh, American Le Mans last year at, at Miller. And then, mm-hmm. of course, uh, you were in the car with Stevenson Motorsport with the, the Corvette and stuff. And mm-hmm. hopefully we'll see you back in a car again here shortly.
3: Um, fingers crossed. You I mean, that's it. racing, but uh, I'm working hard on it. It's frustrating, especially with the climate, the uh, environment with the... Um, Financial, how everything's going. A lot of my contacts from Credit Suisse and everything are really in trouble. or There's not even companies anymore, right? Sure. i mean, the banking side of the things and Internet companies and different things. So I'm trying to get creative and really kind of go outside the box. So we're working on some team building things and uh, there's a shipping deal that we're working on. So I kind of get, you know, I bring clients to them and everybody gets kind of like a target, kind of a re- revamped target program um, that fits into a shipping model oh, for international shipping and logistics so um, I'm really excited about that we'll see if it you know how things go but uh, we're talking to teams right now um, some GT teams and some Coney teams because um, it really that was a frustrating part is with all the ups and downs is the resume looks pretty choppy because I've you know I've won this race or I had fastest laps here and there but I don't have a championship Sure. and I think that's huge for a team or sponsor, especially, you know, to get press, to get awareness about what you're doing, you know, anywhere is you need championships, you need to win races. And it was always a steep learning curve because I'm like trying to play catch up with everybody. I'm really probably like three or four years behind to where I should be just from my accidents and all the things, you know, where the people are that i raced with before. but it's kind of hard to explain that to people usually, sure.
2: you know. But people in racing understand that, you know, you just, every race is, you know, you drop, you know you know for sure you're in that race when you drop the clutch and the car's going. Uh-huh. Other than that, it's still a question. <laughs> exactly.
3: Yeah, yeah. And then, you know, if top five is great, but what they look at the next year is who won that race, you right. know. So that's a really, it's sad, but that's, what it, that's how it works, you know. It's really, they want, especially to get paid for it. Sure. Instead of bringing money, it's... uh It's a tough business, you know, it's a very, very steep pyramid. (laughs) There's a lot of people that don't do what I do, you know, even what I do right now is coaching and private coaching and, you know, driver's edge and things like that. But it's, uh, when you look back, I guess when you look down the pyramid, it looks great. (laughs) But looking up at you, you're like, I'm so far away from the top still, you know, (laughs) even though you've done some pretty crazy things. So we'll see. Keep my fingers crossed.
2: Exactly. Keep that foot to the floor. Appreciate you taking the time today to talk and uh, keep us posted with updates and uh, uh, hopefully not hopefully some exciting stories in the future but not quite (laughs) as exciting as you've had already
3: (laughs) exactly definitely i appreciate it thanks a lot for the time it's awesome chit-chat the road racers podcast would like
1: to have your input we're always looking to make this a better show and we'd like to get your feedback now there's two ways to do that please call us on our comment line 206-888-4301 and please let us know which podcast it is your commenting on. Your comments may be used in upcoming shows. So if you got a good idea and you want to hear yourself on the Road Racers podcast, call us in. Let us know what you think. Again, the number is 206-888-4301. And if you prefer not to have your voice on the show or not to be heard, then you can send us an email. Just do it to feedback at roadracerspodcast.com. Again, that's feedback at roadracerspodcast.com. Now, if you know somebody specifically that should be on this show, please let us know. We want to make this one of the best things you can find out there in the world of motorsports. This is Derek Ross, hoping you've really enjoyed the show.
0: We'll see you at the track. You have been listening to the Road Racers podcast on Race Remote. Your host has been Derek Ross. To subscribe to the Road Racers podcast... And for all show notes and more information, you'll find us on the web at www.roadracerspodcast.com. You can also find us on iTunes. The Road Racers Podcast is a production of Racedrive Interactive, Inc., providing winning interactive solutions for the motorsports industry. Road Racers Podcast is copyright 2008, Racedrive Interactive, Inc. All rights are reserved. The Road Racers Podcast is a proud member show of the Race Remote Media Network. Motorsports at its best. No batteries required. For all the latest shows and updates, please visit www.raceremote.com. For
3: marketing opportunities and more information, call our friendly marketing department at
0: 818-430-RACE or see us on the web at www.raceremote.com. Thanks for supporting motorsports. Now get to a race event and take a friend. I'll see you at the track.